of the universal mind, you all of a sudden you feel that unconditional love that everyone speaks about, but you also have this awareness of knowing what you know, knowing the mystery of everything in that moment. Um, be, and you know, it's like it's all just been handed to you or attached to you. Unfortunately, you know, when we return to the body, we don't bring that completely with us. <laughs> we try to bring some of it back, but we certainly uh, can't keep bring it all back. So, um, so there's the, also that amazing unconditional love. It's also the knowledge, the understanding of the mysteries. And then that's literally just the launch pad. Okay, that's so if I decide I'm going to have this thing and it happens for me and I go through those stages, can I direct myself to meet a couple of nice aliens who, who might teach me something useful or tell me something about their world? It's possible. It, a lot just depends on if, uh, you know, when you're talking about aliens, it's a little different like than when you're talking about your angelic guardians, your gar uh, spirit guides, things like that. Those you have a little more control over. With the extraterrestrials, it's going to be whether or not they have targeted you as someone who would benefit from that contact or that they would benefit from that contact. Um, it's, you know, and, and again, just the, uh, the reminder that, that some of these races aren't going to be of any help to you um, because they're not here for that reason. There are other races that are, and those are the ones you would want to reach to. Okay, so which aliens were you with last night? Um, I'm not sure where they're from. <laughs> um, you mean, I can you, tell you, mean you, you didn't ask them? No, well, I was in a space where I was taken to observe some of these um, starships. And these are ships that I haven't really looked at a lot before. And so I do not know who they are yet. It's kind of a new introduction. In the past, I've had a lot of contact with the people I call the Pleiadians. Mm -hmm. I have seen the Greys. And I also uh, like to talk about these two species that are above and beyond all them, all of them that I don't even know where they're from because uh, they can't even convey that to me. It's so beyond my understanding. But, but these do, are do they know you? Do, when, when they see you and when you see them, do they recognize you in any way? Well, or do they just say, oh, God, here's someone else having an out-of-the-body experience? <laughs> <laughs> well, when they have come to me, they're usually coming to me for a particular purpose. So at those times, they do recognize me. Now, if I just ran into them, you know, out of random, would they recognize me? I don't know. But when they have come to me in those out-of-body experiences, they're, um, they're specifically coming to, to show me something, to teach me something. Uh, so you, last yeah. night, ahead of this conversation, you were in communion with a couple of aliens. You were talking to them, communicating with them. What did they pass on to you? What did you learn from them? Well, um, at the risk of getting into trouble, <laughs> uh <-huh>. but, <laughs> um, I was, they, were, they were communicating with me about some activities that they are involved in within the holographic realms above some of our bases in the United States. So they were showing me some particular locations where um, the implication was that there is activity in relation with our government, possibly, and with them, where they are actually working multidimensionally, um, and they're able to do it um, without anyone seeing it because it is multidimensional. What, you you mean are, so that the U.S. government knows 
that they are there and is colluding with them? Is, is that how this works? That was the implication. But, you know, yes, this is, a, this is a, an, an early experience that I will have to explore more before I can say anything concrete. Um, the implication was, and, you know, it could even be, you know, whether they're aware of it or not is kind of not even that relevant. Um, the, the implication is definitely there that they are working with them. Um, and whether they're aware of it or not, I'm not sure. Um, because the extraterrestrials do work with us in multidimensional ways, in um, the multiverse spheres, so to speak, in trying to assist us to move forward um, in our evolution spiritually and um, I'm sure technologically as well. But since um, you know, I'm more of a spiritual vessel, they focus on that part with me. Um, if I were a scientist, they might have a different, you know, agenda. You wouldn't, know what I mean? Wouldn't their time be better spent working with somebody like Kim Jong-un? Um, well, or are yes. they working with him already? Um, well, the, the two races that I spoke about, they were very heavily involved in, uh, with Tibetans. They said that the Tibetan people are much more able to receive their impetus and their messages than most others around uh, the world, and they only had contact with five incarnate human beings. Um, these are very, very highly, highly uh, vibrationally fine frequency beings who are uh, very, very high. Okay. So yes, it would be great, it would be great if they could work with Kim Jong-un. However, the reality is more likely that that would not be possible because his energy is so concrete and and literally attached to the ground. Um, you know, it's not going to be someone that they can reach easily. Are you and one of the five people? Um, at the time, I guess I might have been. Um, uh, yes, I guess I might have been at that one time. Because um, I, I recently on my podcast interviewed some people who were very nice people and sincerely believe that there is a, a master, I guess you could call him or her or it, uh, living currently in London incognito and has been here since the 1970s, um, who is connected and has the power to give us some knowledge that may save us and our planet in the future. Um, is there any connection here? Well, on that particular point, I don't know for sure, but I can tell you you know, I had a beautiful experience um, years ago where I was shown that there are many messiahs that are incarnate around the world. And these are regular people who, you know, so he could be among many who are coming in who are going to do something of that nature. And maybe his purpose is a little uh, larger in scope um, than, than some, of the, some of the others, you know, who are going to do smaller things that might even be unnoticed by humanity, but they need to be done in order for things to move forward. Marilyn, um, so, how, yeah. how has your life been enhanced by having these contacts and doing these things? What have you got from it? It's um, ironically, and this is something, again, at the website, outofbodytravel.org, everything is there. Um, you know, what, what this journey began was a path of purification. And what you'll see in the ancient sacred texts is that they go back... Um, like I said, through all cultures, and there is a, a thread that they all carry, which is when you enter into the out-of-body travel state, you begin a path of purification. This realm is a mortal realm. We are in the third and fourth dimensional realms. 
there are higher realms above us and lower realms below us. In these realms is where the battles between good and evil go on within our soul and around us. And what this has done, it instigates a very prime scrutiny of our souls so that we can actually accomplish what we reincarnated here to do. Many of us waste a lot of time and don't ever learn what it is we came here to rectify. Um, and then we just continue going on and then we have to keep doing it over and over again. Out-of-body travel is the way where we are shown. There's something in the out-of-body experience that I call energetic truth. And so when you're having out-of-body experiences, you will be taken into not only your own uh, deeds and your own thoughts and things that you have done, and you will be shown what um, is actually true in the eyes of God versus what you might think. Okay. And they, so what about yourself have they shown you? Have you been shown uh, that is erroneous, that is wrong, that you've been doing? Well, I can give you an, a small example. When I was about 29, I had a really beautiful vision, but it was it was very tr was very troubling at the time because it was very convicting. But basically, that everything I had ever done and everything, including the good things, were all wrong because they had been done for self-serving reasons. They hadn't been done for the purpose of serving God. You know, the the process that I've undergone has been over 30 years and literally hundreds of experiences where I've been shown things about myself, whether it's lust issues, greed issues, um, anger issues, just stupid things that I do, where um, it's like the, the powers that work with God are trying to mold your spirit into a better human being. And of course, you know, we all fail in many different ways as you end up getting to the end of the road and realizing maybe you didn't accomplish what you needed to accomplish. There is a large percentage of human beings who discarnate from the earth and ha find out that unfortunately everything that they set out to do, they completely forgot. We get very lost in the worldly, the worldly materialistic things of this life and we forget there is a spiritual quality that we are seeking to attain so that we can ascend higher and we cannot ascend higher unless we have the ability to start seeing those things. And some of the ways this happens, it happens for us individually where things within ourselves are pointed out, but we're also shown things within our world that are not in alignment with the will of God or eternal law. Well, listen, so it gives... Sorry, oh, Marilyn, you, you've given no us problem. a lot to think about and we're pretty much out of time. Um, it is hard to take on board, um, but I think we've had a damn good stab at it here tonight. What do you say? Um, but let, let me just put this to you. You know that when you do a radio show these days, we're all digitally connected, and there's a constant chatter of Twitter and you know texts and that sort of thing and emails that come in all the time. What would you say to people who right now are hearing you and saying, one, you've deluded yourself, and two, this is hogwash? Well, they're entitled to believe that. Um, but I can tell them also that this is so powerful and so real that they can say that until the end of time and it won't change for me because I know it's not the truth. What happens when you have these experiences, you are experiencing a reality that cannot be denied. It doesn't mean that you're perfect or that you can't be deluded, that you can't make a mistake. There's always misinterpretation as well. People can do that. So um, so it's very easy to, um, to blow that off and say that, but we're forgetting that we have souls and um, people die and 
if you believe that there is nothing beyond that, then okay. But if you believe that there is more to it, and there, in, in my experience, there is a circular nature to life. Right. It's all all working together. So in other words, you've got to learn your lessons, and a lot of people who believe in reincarnation believe this. You've got to learn your lessons here, and then you don't have to come back. If you don't right. learn and all of your lessons, then they're going to send you back here again. And, and to be perfectly honest, having lived the life that I've lived, I don't want to come back for more of this. Oh, I relate. I think a lot of people feel that way. And I, but, you know, it's, it's not just that, because, you know, there are a lot of mortal realms, so people don't just necessarily always come back here. They might go to another mortal realm. But it's that we want to move higher. We want to ascend into the fifth dimensional, dimensional spheres of light and above so that we can uh, move, move forward. Standing still never works um, when it comes to the experience of life. Okay, uh, now life th this might sound like a very silly question to ask you at the end. Sure, but no I've problem. always been fascinated by it. Do you, in terms of reincarnation, do some people come back as dogs, cats, or gerbils, or something like that? Um, no, generally not. Um, that does happen on a very, very, very minimal basis. Have I you mean, got to be very bad to be reincarnated as a gerbil? Well, it would have been, I doubt that it would go as far as a gerbil. It would be more of a, an evil issue where a soul becomes, where they're so evil that they, they cannot uh, be contained. And so they will be put into a less uh, offending life form. That doesn't happen very often because, again, that's usually going backwards. What you want to do is move forward. So uh, most of the time you're not going to be doing that. It's, I've only seen it one time in 30 years, and that was for a serial killer, you know, so and being brought back as a dog. <laughs> wow. Um, Marilyn, you have given us all an awful lot to think about. Uh, what's your website again if people want to go and take a look at that tonight? It's, it's outofbodytravel.org. All right. Well, and you to, can download all our books there for free. All right. Well, to a fellow Hughes in Phoenix, Arizona, um, possibly, we, who knows, we may be cosmically, we may even be, you know, familiarly related, Marilyn. We'll never know. But thank you very much for your time tonight. Thank you, Howard. Thank you. This is the Unexplained Talk Radio. Coming next... Something very, very different. I'll tell you after this. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Talk radio. For those about to talk, we salute you. Football. The turnstiles are clicking the stud. Oi! Move over, football. Shelton's coming through. And to celebrate, Skybet are offering money back as actual cash. Up to £20 if you lose in the first race. Every day of the festival. We've no offer Can like I say it. the last bit, Jim? Oh, go on, then. We've no offer like it because there's no festival like it. Skybet. That's betting better. 18 plus. BeGambleAware.org. The price of first bet only. Win singles and win part of each way. Singles only. Free bets. Cashed out bets excluded. Eligible to restrictions. T's and C's apply. Go anywhere. Do anything. We've got you covered. Five years warranty, three years free servicing, and five years roadside assistance available on the entire Jeep range. And from only £169 per month and 0% APR on the Jeep Compass. Jeep. Born to be wild. Five years or 75,000 miles warranty. Finance offer on Compass 1.4 longitude. 37 months. Customer deposit 8,000 pounds. Optional final payment 11,000 pounds. 15,000 miles per annum. PCP sales until 31st of March 2019. Subject to status. T's and C supply. Cheap financial services. So I often struggled at school. Um, once, when we had a maths test, I looked around the room and everyone was just doing it. And I couldn't. And I began to cry. But my teacher came over and said, it might look like one big problem 
but it's just a handful of small ones, and you can deal with that. I hear her voice in my head for every problem I face to this day. Teaching. Every lesson shapes a life. You could get a £26,000 tax-free bursary to train as a teacher. Subject to eligibility, selected subjects only. Search Get Into Teaching. Everyone knows it pays to shop around for the best energy plan. But if only there was a website which did all the hard work for you. Now there is. It's called switchcraft.co.uk, helping customers save up to £518 a year on energy bills. Switchcraft.co.uk, the one-stop, no-hassle route to cheaper energy. Start saving now at switchcraft.co.uk. Across the UK, online. And on DAB, the Independent Republic of Mike Graham on Talk Radio. Blasted rhetoric from the Banana Republic. The people who think capital punishment isn't going nearly far enough. Join me, the Reverend Mike Graham. Revolutionary, rebellious, rebuilt, rebranded. Dangerous mid-morning debate with the great dictator. The Independent Republic of Mike Graham. This morning from 10 on Talk Radio. The Unexplained with Howard Hughes on Talk Radio. And the person we talked with in the last segment, Marilyn Hughes is her name. And listen, I promise you, when I go home tonight, it's going to be my usual sad routine. Pot noodle, maybe lighter scented candle. And then I'm going to try and have an out-of-the-body experience. And if I have one... I'm going to have a good one, and I'll tell you all about it next week. But you know that this being my life, the chances are it's going to be zilcho. Nothing's going to happen. But uh, let's see. You know, Look, I live in perpetual hope. Now, I told you uh, before we took some commercials that we were going to bring you something completely different. And indeed we are. Uh, this is a preview of my upcoming podcast, the next one to appear on my website at theunexplained.tv, edition 385, is with... Well, I don't think I've ever talked with anybody like this before. A former Playboy model and bunny who lived for a time at Hugh Hefner's mansion and is now a ghost investigator. Um, she has a new podcast about to start uh, called Ghost Magnet. It'll get one plug, and that's the plug. Her agent in Los Angeles got in touch with me about ten days ago and said, you've got to talk with this person. She's been on reality TV. She worked for Hugh Hefner. She's been connected with ghosts and all of this all her life. Her name is Bridget Marquardt. And before the podcast appears, here's a little preview of our conversation. Do you think that you are, as in the title of your show, a, a bit of a magnet for phenomena? I do. I feel, um, I feel like a lot of places that I can go to, I can sort of sense if something's happening there. And I feel like a lot of places I go to, things start happening. And uh, we... I, I had some experiences even at the Playboy Mansion, and so um, Hef was a really good sport about it and had let me bring in paranormal investigators. I brought in Barry Taft. Really? Yeah, and um, we did an investigation at the mansion, and uh, he actually was getting crazy EMF readings off of me, and he said he concluded that I was the conduit there. Mm -hmm. Okay, and just give me a flavor without giving too much away, of, of what you experienced when you were living there? Um, definitely some electrical issues going on with my television. Um, I did see somebody at some point you in did. my room, mm -hmm. and I wasn't alone when we saw it, so I have witnesses to it. Um, what what people... did you see in your room, Bridget? I can't give it all away. 
Okay, well, you, 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 have to tune, you have to tune in on March 11th. Okay, but you know, you, your agent asked if you could come on this podcast. So we've got to we've got to give my audience something. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, it's going to be a big letdown. I've got I've got lots of um, lots of ghost stories to tell, but that that particular one you have to tune in for. But the game the game house is super haunted too, and people uh, the housekeeping are afraid to go out there, and. Um, the, the gym is underground in the basement, and Holly had a story in the gym that this girl walked by and went through a doorway that she didn't realize was a doorway, and then she tried to go find the doorway, and all she found was, like, a secret panel that was just to a closet. So where did the girl go? Like, just everybody has a lot of stories at the mansion, so I definitely think there's something going on there. Okay. And do you think that, you know, sometimes people say that places become haunted because the events that have happened there are sometimes traumatic or they're sometimes important for the people involved. Do you think that the experiences of people who went to work there and be there uh, when it was being run by Hugh Hefner was, was something to do with the fact that there are so many things apparently imprinted upon that building? So the people that work there, no, I would say that it goes back to the original owners of the Lutzes and whatever tragedy may have happened in the house then. Mm. Okay, all right. But you were quite happy to live in a place that uh, appeared to be haunted. What did Hugh Hefner himself make of this? You said that he was quite happy for you to go in and stake the place out and bring an investigator in. Yeah, well, because I was also taking classes to be a paranormal investigator online. There's this thing called Flammel College where you can you can actually take classes online. And my final uh, thing was to do an actual ghost hunt and write a report about it. So, of course, I wanted to do the Playboy Mansion. And while I was researching it, I just found that there was so much information and there were so many stories out there that it was much more than just like a final report for a class that I needed to write a book on it. So I started writing a book about the ghosts of the Playboy Mansion, and Hef thought it was – he just, like, laughed about it. He he didn't deny that it was a possibility, but he wasn't, like um, – he wasn't super into it or anything like that, but he was a super good sport. Like, we – we would take ghost tours. Even when we went to um, we went to London with him, I, we went and did the um, uh, Jack the Ripper tour. Uh huh. Did you do the Tower of London? The Tower of London is supposed to be Venus. London. Okay. Yes, we did Tower of London. We did Jack the Ripper tour, <laughs> and all of that was me going, "Oh my God, we have to do this and we have to do that." And he was such a good sport. And and then when I said, "Oh, we should bring in a, a paranormal investigator," he was totally fine with it. So. I wouldn't say that he was a hundred percent believer, but I but he was very supportive of me trying to investigate it and and figure things out. Now, there's no reason why you should know this, but I don't live very far from a place called Hampton Court Palace. In fact, <gasps> oh, I could walk to it. Um, we did you go there? Hampton Court. Yes. Now I can tell you it. that is supposed to be a seriously haunted place where the people who work there um, will often tell you. And I, I spoke at length to one of the guys who'd been there for 30 years. The, the likes of Henry VIII regularly appear to the staff there. All sorts oh, of apparitions appear. that be so appear. scary. Mm, but it didn't, it didn't happen for you then? No, I didn't have a... Well, we were on a tour, you know, with lots of people around and everything. And I think that sometimes the more people that are around, it's it's harder to have that kind of experience. But, um, no, we were just there during the day doing a regular tour, and we loved it. And I, I would – but that would be so incredible to be there alone at night and investigate it. Mm. 
All right. Would, um, would you do that? Yes. Since you're so close, you'd have definitely. to come and meet us and do it with well, us. <laughs> I would definitely do that. They, they don't, in terms of media, they don't do an awful lot of it, you know. They do ghost tours of their own, and you know about that because you've been there. Um, but they don't tend to do an awful lot of kind of media. I tried to do a show there, and, um, and even though I'm a local... <laughs> You know, and I'm a big yeah. supporter of the place. They said no. So it's not an easy thing, mm. to do, which I guess builds up the mystique of it, really. Um, have yeah. you been to, I would guess that in the area that you live and in the field that you work in, um, you're often around places like uh, the Hollywood Walk of Fame and stuff like that. I would have thought that if, and I've been there, and it's very atmospheric, I would have thought if any place is haunted, that Walk of Fame is going to have one or two stories to tell. Well, again, it's just so busy right there, and there's so many people. I, I don't know how um, – I don't know if you could actually experience something in that kind of atmosphere mm. like that with so much going on. I mean, millions of people. There's people laying on the sidewalk. There's tourists going by. There's people taking pictures. There's tons of traffic. The clubs are busy, and it's, it's – um, it's like that almost 24 hours a day there. So it's just very crowded and, and it would be hard to pick up anything in that kind of way. I think and there's impersonators. So you'd be like, Oh my God, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> nope, that's just an impersonator. <laughs> I, saw, I saw the Marilyn Monroe on myself, I, but I had a photograph taken by Clint Eastwood's um, star there. Cause he was always a bit of a hero of mine. And that photograph never digitally, it somehow erased itself. So I don't have that photograph standing by Clint Eastwood's oh, no. star. That means I've got to come back, I think. It um, does. In terms of, of Hollywood, and look, you're just a stone's throw from it all, and part of it, there are a million stories of people who've led anguished lives. I mean, there are people like Marilyn Monroe herself and the controversy about how she died. Um, uh -huh. Are you going to be checking out some of, of those locations to see if you can pick up anything in places like that? Oh, I'll go. I would love to be able to go to places like that. Um, some of those places, a lot of the places are privately owned, so they're not open to investigations and things like that. Like the home Marilyn Monroe died in, that is somebody's private house, so there's no investigations that take place there as far as I know. But people that are open to it, like, for instance, the Oman house up in Benedict Canyon, he was neighbors with uh, Sharon Tate's house. Oh, wow. And so he has all kinds of weird phenomena in his house. And I've done, I actually hosted a ghost tour at his house once, and we, weird things happened there. And he has so much stuff caught on tape. And he was telling us we were in this room, um, and he was trying to get this little piano thing to play, because sometimes it'll play on its own. And we were all sitting in a circle doing that. And I'm, I ha I'm watching him, and behind him, the door just slowly shuts behind him and I was like um wait the door just shut behind you and and it, it was just so surreal watching it close just slowly like that on its own and not only that he has these figurines on top of this aquarium and they just fall over on their own all the time and you would think okay well they're figurines so they're just not that sturdy on there but he'll set them back up and then he jumps up and down in front of that whole thing and they don't budge but then you walk away and then they fall over oh lord what's yeah, causing that weird. i wonder mm. Yeah, we all kinds of there's all kinds of things about Benedict Canyon. One, it was like an Indian reservation at one point, and then obviously um, the, the the Manson murders taking place right there. But Benedict Canyon has a lot of weird and unexplained things going on there. 
We're out of time. Thank you very much for being part of this. Thank you to my producer, Matty. Thank you very much to Holly. Hard work and Holly for all that she does on this show, the technical producer of it. And above all, thank you very much to you for being part of this uh, every week. Please spread the word. Tell your friends about this show because it's the only way that it's going to grow. This has been the Unexplained on Talk Radio. And until next we meet here with more great stuff, please stay safe. Please stay calm. And above all, please stay in touch. Thank you very much. Take care. Good night. Talk Radio. Digital debate for the UK. Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. Life is full of questions. Why am I here? Where am I going? What's the point of it all? <sighs> Thankfully, my new show doesn't deal with any of that rubbish. I'm Al Murray, and I'll be asking the important stuff, like who invented the Great British Banger? What is our most common surname? And which mammal doesn't break wind? Brand new Al Murray's Great British Pub Quiz, Thursdays at 10, only on Quest and Quest OD. The Peugeot SUV range has been winning awards. The compact and stylish 2008 SUV was previously voted best small SUV. The technologically advanced 3008 SUV has won over 60 awards. And the ultra-flexible 5008 SUV has just been named What Car Best Large SUV for the second year running. And when we win, you win too. Order an award-winning Peugeot SUV in March and you'll get £200 towards Peugeot accessories. Terms and conditions apply. Participating dealers only. For everyone who wants a better deal from their broadband, for everyone who wants their price to stay put for the whole of their contract, this one's for you. At TalkTalk, Talk, we've got Britain's lowest fixed price fibre. It's just £19.95 a month for 18 months. That's lower than every other major provider, with no mid-contract price rises. And you get our powerful Wi-Fi hub for our strongest signal yet. These are just some of the reasons we're the U-Switch most popular broadband provider for 2019. So don't miss Britain's lowest fixed price fibre. Now just £19.95 a month for 18 18- months.